Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. My name is Phil Crimmins. This is podcast number 159. And we're going to talk about the questions and comments that came in today. We have some updates about the advanced course I want to get to. But just if you're new here and you haven't seen the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast before, what it is, it's a Q&A podcast that is directly interlinked in many different ways to the Mandarin Blueprint Method video curriculum. Now, uh, we had this guy, William Edmides, suggest that we make like an intro for the podcast that explains all this stuff. But you know, I like taking the time each week to explain a little bit about what it's about, just give you a little a teaser as to what the Mandarin Blueprint Method course is about, because in the process of doing so, I tend to get a new angle on what makes it so good? Because when you're developing something like the Mandarin Blueprint Method over many years, you know, we've been working on it for almost six years now, uh, and the the things that you pick up as time goes on, you find different ways to look at the same project because you, you're close in the project when you're looking at like, how do I choose what usage to use for this HSK eight word? Um, and then you see the larger pictures, which is like, you know, how are people responding to phase three of the course or, you know, what is the point where you can read native Chinese content and how do we get you there? And what's the quickest way you could get there? These types of things are constantly running through our, uh, you know, minds and uh, sort of running through what we already know as the systems of the Mandarin blueprint method. And as a result, I find it, I find I discover new things about the method each week just in talking about it. So, you know, we might make some kind of intro at some point. It is 159 podcasts and we still just start it by saying, welcome back to the Manager Blueprint Podcast. But on the other hand, uh, I think it kind of makes it more casual, more, more personal in that way. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what we do there. But let's talk a little bit about what the heck the course is because, you know, we have built up the course and the podcast to work in tandem as an interlinked unit that gives us a mechanism for answering feedback that comes in through the course. So we have lessons on the course, simple lessons that tell you one thing to do at a time, and you just build and build and build until you have a you know vast knowledge of the Mandarin Chinese language. However, along the way, you're naturally going to have points of confusion or a question about maybe a grammar point, a question about how the Henze movie method works, a question about the course structure and all of that. And so what's good about the podcast is it's the way each week that we go through and answer those questions, and then we leave the answer to the question throughout the course, which means that you know a question that you might have had is in many cases, very likely already answered. Uh, and it's placed in the course at the exact moment when you're likely to have that question. And it means that the course itself is no longer just the product of Luke Neal and Phil Crimmins. It's also the product of all of your brains combined asking questions and then us just sort of like managing the puzzle pieces and putting it together in such a way that is clear, concise, and you know, also it just it kind of naturally builds in an empathy for what it's like to go through Mandarin Chinese, because as much as we might understand having done it ourselves, we still made the course after already being fluent and literate. So there's always points where we might have forgotten a little bit. What was it like to be in your second month of learning Chinese and all of that? Well, somebody's going to ask a question who's in their second month of learning Chinese and going, I'm confused about this point. And we go, oh, yeah, yeah, we should have mentioned that. So let me answer this question in the podcast, put that podcast clip video in the course itself, and then bam, you've got this great uh, answer to a question that sort of 
empathizes with where you you are now because somebody else was just there and just asked that question. And so it's great. It's really this uh, fantastic mechanism that we've gotten together here. Uh, we're so grateful to all of you each week for sending us so many questions. I don't say this enough. Each week, we have a huge list of questions to the point where many of them we have to just say, okay, well, we've answered this one in text, uh, in a text reply, so we're going to leave it out of the podcast because if we answered literally all of them, the podcast would be, you know, four hours or something, right? So we are so grateful to all of you for leaving such fantastic messages each week. You're awesome. Keep it up. Jen Bang. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, let's move on to some course updates. As many of you know, I've been working on the advanced course for many months now. It feels like it's all my brain has been swimming in uh, for the past uh, several months, but it's been great and satisfying because we're doing really, really well. So what's going on with it? Well, uh, the as I mentioned two weeks ago, the characters are planned out through 3,050, which is just great. When you get to 3,050 characters, you're going to know... Uh, how to understand pretty much anything that you read, at least from the character level. So they're planned out, but we need to have our assistant. Uh, we actually have two assistants helping us create the Kajabi uh, course, make thumbnails for them, uh, put the content into the course in the same order. And then uh, we have recording artists currently recording the individual character uh, files. So you'll have, you know, just, just the file of the male and female saying the character in its primary opinion. And then we're going to, uh, you know, put those recordings into flashcards and then we'll be ready to go. Now, that's still a fair few things to do and they're in process, but we're making good progress. We have 88 levels total going up to characters 3,050. And uh, I like that there's 88. Ba, sure, ba. That's a very lucky uh, Chinese number. And so you've got, we've got the levels going up to 88. And at the moment, our assistants have finished through level... Uh, 73 of the make a movie content and the pick a prop content. Now there's a lot, so uh, each level takes uh, a bit of time, but that's great. And it means that, you know, in the foreseeable future, we'll be able to have a sort of a soft release of the advanced course and upper intermediate course for the characters and the props. And the thing is, you know, that we're not going to have the vocab and context or vocab boost lessons in right away at release, but that's okay because... You know, as I we've kind of talked about ad nauseum over the past few weeks, once you get to a certain level of intermediate, you've got enough grammar under your belt that the key to your success in Chinese starts becoming get your characters down, get the rest of the characters down. You might know uh, fifteen hundred characters and know loads of grammar points and and have a good grammar feeling because you've read so much of this many of the Chinese sentences and you've read the graded readers and all of that but at some point it becomes more beneficial to just get to that point of knowing 3,000 characters knowing 99.4 percent of the language by frequency because then you can pick up almost any piece of native Chinese content and at least on the character level you know what the character is you know how it's pronounced generally and you can understand based on that alone based on that combined with your grammar understanding and so when that happens you're going to be able to acquire a lot of words without the aid of either living links or english because the contextual chinese will teach you the words and then occasionally you run into a word that you'll be like mm, i'm still not sure what that is even though i know the characters but then you can take that word put it into command f in one of the review links on mandarin blueprint and see if we have a lesson for it and if we do then you can get a more surgical 
way to practice that word. So how are we going to introduce the vocab and context and vocab boost lessons in the upper intermediate and advanced course? Well, we're going to go level by level and the, there's sort of a process that I've built out so that we make sure that the content you're getting that's in context is high quality. So the first thing is, you know, we, we have the word lists, but we need to make sure that we cover every usage of each word. So if a word has a verb, adjective, and adverb usage, well, then we better make sure that we have all three of those listed because, you know, just how you use an adjective is going to be very different from how you use a verb. So, uh, and sometimes all you need to know is this word can be used as a verb and a noun. And then you're like, okay, I know how words that can be used as a verb and a noun. I know what they're like because I've already seen it happen loads of times in my Mandarin Blueprint flashcards. But just knowing that alone is enough. That can be the case sometimes. But anyway, we have the usages. And then I'll check the usages and I'll make sure that we have the right amount of usages for each word. This is actually quite a laborious process, but it's worth it because it means that we're giving you good surgical practice for all of this. After I've set the usages, then uh, we have our writer write out a sentence for each usage. Uh, then I check the sentences for top-down words so that there's never more than one top-down word. And I don't like, I, I want it to be like, you know, only maybe 20 to 30% of the sentences even have a top-down word. The large majority of them should not have them, right? And so I check them for those. Uh, usually there's a few that she needs to update because there was two or more top-down words. She'll then update them then I'll confirm them there. And then we'll send them to a Chinese professor who checks them for uh, just that they sound natural, you know, from a Chinese native, very educated native perspective. Does this sentence sound good to a Chinese person? You know, I can judge whether or not there are top down words, because that's somewhat, uh, you know, it is objective. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about whether or not the sentence really sounds natural in the flow of conversation, you know, even somebody as fluent as I am can't, uh, hold a candle to like a professor um, of Chinese. So that's what uh, that they'll check them. And then if there are any sentences they think need to be updated, <coughs> they'll send them back to the writer. The writer writer will update them at that point, at which point they'll be confirmed. Once they're confirmed, then our assistant will send the sentences to the recording artists. <coughs> and then while they are recording the sentences, which will take, you know, usually uh, a week or two, then uh, he'll put the content on the website and get the con uh, add the top down words and make sure they're covered as well, and then um, get the content over to the flashcard maker. Who, when the flashcards are ready, uh, will or sorry, when the recordings are ready for the flashcards, will make that level's flashcards. So essentially, the vocab and context and vocab boost lessons are going to be released level by level, and it's probably going to take several more months until that is that process is finished. But like I said, the more important process is that you finish uh, getting your characters. And let's suppose you're somebody who's you know waiting on tenter hooks for the upper intermediate and the advanced course to release. Um, it's still going to take you a while to get through 1,500 characters by themselves, although some of you are really fast. Uh, but still, though, it's still going to take you, you know, some time. And in that intermediary time, we'll be building up the uh, vocab and context and vocab boost lessons. So we'll probably stay out ahead of you the whole time, which is, um, you know, great news because it means you'll kind of be learning it the right way anyway. And like I said, once the vocab and context and the vocab boost lessons are there, Mandarin Blueprint when it comes to the uh, vocabulary element of it, the, the words will become kind of like an excellent personalized dictionary that is like 
better than other dictionaries because you know for sure whatever thing you're looking up is going to contain characters and words that you know or at least the characters you know if you decide to you know finish the um advanced course just characters only at first so anyway this is all just to say that it's a really exciting time we've got a lot of stuff coming uh very soon and uh yeah just keep keep an eye out keep an eye out we'll be we'll be letting you know as soon as there's something to to share with you um all right with that in mind let's head into this week's uh questions and comments the first is from email this is from uh, marion colin Stedding. And we have, a, I'm absolutely loving the course. I'm very pleased with the curriculum and my progress. I appreciate all the work that has been done and the quality shows. Hats off to everyone involved. Yours, Marion Collins Stedding, PhD. Well, that's a, a very kind uh, compliment there, Marion. And, um, you know, we're just constantly working on it, constantly trying to make sure that people are enjoying it. And it's just, it's really great to get that type of feedback. All right, Evan Hall in the community forum. I've really been enjoying the podcast. I listen to them at work and feel like I'm using time that is not my own for my own progress. It seems like there is a lot of people in New Zealand on the course. I'm an American who luckily got stuck here during COVID. Yay, I'm in Nelson. If any other Kiwis are close, we could meet up for a study session. Well, yeah, any Kiwis in uh, New Zealand who want to meet up with Evan. We love this idea of having a study buddy, um, which doesn't even mean that you necessarily just study together. It can just mean that you just talk about your experience with Mandarin Blueprint. If you're in the same uh, time zone, you could do it via Zoom or Skype, but you can also just, um, you can also do this by uh, meeting up if you're in the right area. So if you want to uh, set up a meetup, just post in the community forum. Uh, you know, you can go to your profile and add a little shaking hands icon uh, to let people know that you're interested in doing meetups. And, um, you know, that would be great. Um, speaking of, I've noticed that there's a lot of people in from Mandarin Blueprint in uh, Austin, Texas. And as it happens, I'm probably going to be moving there next year. So if any of you want to meet up uh, at some point uh, late next summer, uh, just let me know. And uh, maybe we can have a uh, Austin, Texas meetup for Mandarin Blueprint. Cindy Nakoma on You Did It, which is the final lesson in pronunciation mastery. She says, I am impressed with the way the pronunciation course was delivered. I am glad I can make a few sentences in Chinese despite being a beginner. I plan to go through the course again. Thank you. Well, that's awesome, Cindy. And, you know, the sentences that we use in pronunciation mastery, I just want to, you know, make this clear. Um, they are all useful, but they're also only chosen because of the pronunciation that they have so that you can practice that pronunciation. We figure it's better to practice syllables of Chinese with actual Chinese than simply repeating some kind of repetitious drill all the time, uh, which is what a lot of teachers do. But to be clear, the way you're going to get really good at Chinese, the way you're going to get really strong in uh, all of your various like word accumulation, fluency, literacy, you know, the way you're going to get strong in that is by learning the characters and learning the words uh, that we cover in the foundation course and then the intermediate course and then beyond. So, um, the phase one characters and components course is where you want to go if you want to start learning lots of vocabulary uh, by building from the bottom up. And so uh, that's the important thing to recognize there. But it is good that you have some uh, great phrases from pronunciation mastery to uh, focus on. Just understand that when you're really going to get good is when you start learning characters in the phase one course and then build from there. Grammar question from Kyrie Shikari on Vocab Unlocked from Xiang. He says, not sure what the role that the Lai Jiang plays in Zhejiang Jiao Pian. Dui Nai Nai Lai Jiang Shi Han Zhong Yao De. 
it almost feels like the sentence would have the same meaning without it. So without it, what, what the structure that um, Kyrie is, is missing here is the dui object lai shuo or lai jiang. Really, shuo and jiang can so often be interchangeable that you want to look for some, you know, the pattern. So I'm, I feel pretty confident that Kyrie probably knows the, you know, dui wo lai shuo or uh, dui ta lai shuo, dui nai nai lai shuo, which just means in that person's opinion or from that person's perspective. And you can just switch jiang and shuo, right? So you can say, dui nai nai lai jiang, dui nai nai lai jiang, right? So that would mean from grandma's perspective. And so the sentence means um, this uh, picture, this uh, photograph is very important in for grandma or from grandma's perspective. You know, a lot of times these things don't tra translate perfectly if you translate them directly, but it's essentially just saying this photograph is very important to grandma, right? And um, the dui nai nai lai jiang is establishing that who is it important to? Well, nai nai, right? So that's how that works. Melissa Neeson on bonus, our top five most difficult tone pairs. She says, great reminder about tone pairs. I found that if you let the first tone in zhidao drift towards second tone, you risk it being understood as zhidao, which is technically they have a different in, uh, opinion initial in ch versus j, but it is still quite close. And, you know, if you say zhidao, that means that you're late for something as opposed to zhidao which means that you are, uh, you know something, right? So quite a different uh, verb there and they are pretty close. So yeah, getting your tone, tone pairs down will help you be understood. Mirko R on Xiang in context. Hi there, at this point, level 13, should we be able to know how the sentences would sound? I'm having huge trouble with this. Thanks to the Hanzi movie method, I can easily remember the tone of each character. However, combining them into a Chinese sounding sentence is still very hard. Even if I just do it in my mind without saying the sentence out loud. You know, no, you should not be able to do this yet in level 13 because level 13 is the beginning of phase three, which is the first time we introduce anything in context whatsoever. So like everything in the first 12 levels is all about learning individual characters and then learning how characters combine to make words. So, you know, crawl, walk, and then right now we're starting to maybe jog by adding, uh, by making sentences that are made up of the characters and words you already know. But uh, don't kid yourself, this is the very beginning of it. Like, this is the first part of putting characters together. It's not going to be easy yet. <laughs> like, it's, it's, we're you know, just at the point where we're playing around with the idea of, like, hey, you could put these characters together and make some sentences, like, wild, right? And, you know, people will uh, see them, and there's, there's two reactions. One is to, <laughs> I guess, expect yourself to instantly be able to do this easily. Or just to go, isn't it amazing that I can do anything at all with this, right? Which is, that's the attitude would be better to take on because you're literally looking at Chinese squiggles and you know, it might take a little bit of effort. It might take some time you have to spend on each character, but you can, you can read it and understand it without the aid of pinyin, which means that you're reading Chinese successfully. You're, you're getting comprehensible input and you're getting it really early. You know, you're getting it after only learning 105 characters. And so it's just a huge advantage that you get there. So, um, that's what I would say about that. It's completely reasonable to not be at the point in level 13 where you can understand how the sentences would sound. I mean, certainly, okay, so let me build this into Mirko's next comment on 
in context because it's relevant. So he says, so far, I found every character we've learned in my memory palace. I did not have to look that one up once. I knew mnemonic techniques were powerful, but this borders on witchcraft. <laughs> the only thing I keep forgetting is how to spell mnemonic. <laughs> sure, sure. Here's the point that I wanted to make in response to Mirko on this uh, lesson as in connection with Mirko's uh, comment on Xiang in context, which is that if you're able to remember each character via the Hanzi movie method, you can remember how it's pronounced and find it in your memory palace, then that means that you can look at a sentence that contains all characters you know, and you can leave out the top-down word, you don't have to do it for this, but just you could take the time to remember each individual character, pronounce it, and then go, okay, and then the next character, how's that one pronounced? Oh, it's pronounced this way, okay, put them together if they're one word, or, or you know, take them uh, and just read them Slowly, it's okay to read sentences at the beginning in a way that is somewhat robotic because you'll the the flow of the sentence will come later. You'll practice shadowing. You'll do some things as you get more advanced to help the flow of sentences sound sound better. But like, for, take for example, this is a sentence that's going to come up later. Sui ran zhi cha liang sui dan ta ye bi. So that would be me saying every single character as if it were an individual character. And then eventually you'll get to the point where you can say, uh, right? that, That's obviously a much more flowing sentence. But the first step was to get each individual character correct. And then eventually the sentence will flow when you get more practice at that. And then you start shadowing and you're listening to native audio and you shadow what they're doing. And then, you know, eventually you get to the point where it all just uh, flows much more naturally. But the only way to get there is through taking each step as it comes. And glad to hear what you've had to say there, Mirko, about the Henson movie method. It really is, it's amazing that this ability exists in all of our brains and you don't even have to be particularly smart to be able to do this type of stuff. And then you can remember all this really important information. It's awesome. Glenn Creek on casting call for G. My name starts with G. Is it a good idea to use myself as an actor? I would say no. And the reason why is because if you don't use yourself as an actor, and an actor, again, represent is the uh, person representation of opinion initial in the memory palace. And so if you don't use yourself as an actor, then you can be involved in every single scene if you want, if it's necessary. You don't necessarily have to do that. Obviously, our experience of ourself is that we don't see ourselves unless we're looking at the mirror. So imagining the scene from your perspective doesn't necessarily include you, but you could if you wanted to, and it wouldn't be confusing to you. But if you make yourself an actor, then when you see yourself in a scene, then theoretically that should represent the letter G in your case, right? But if you don't use yourself in an act, as an actor, it won't confuse you. You'll just be like, okay, I'm in the scene, but that's fine. I'm, I can be in any scene. I, you know, I, I'm the most dynamic actor there is, right? So uh, you can think of it like that. Uh, so thanks to Glenn for the question. I would, I would recommend not using yourself as an actor. Kent Brockelman on cha in context. I'm not sure I understand this translation for a sentence, especially if it relates to the previous sentence asking the difference in age between someone and their gu gu. So the sentence is, 虽然只差两岁,但他也比我大. And so 虽然只差两岁 means although we're only difference, there's only a two-year difference in age, He's still older than me, is the translation. 
he's asking, uh, Kent is asking here, especially if it relates to the previous sentence asking the difference in age between someone and their Google. It seems quite obvious that he is older. Should this bigger, should this mean bigger in size? Interestingly enough, no. In Chinese, if you want to make a comparison, so ta bi wo, and you're making a comparison of age, then older or younger is da or xiao, right? So that, which is big and little uh, as by themselves, but in Chinese, they conceptualize age like that. Like, you know, a big brother, little brother, right? It's not like it's completely out of the, out of the, um, our understanding. You know, we say he's my little brother. Really, we just mean he's younger, right? So, um, ta bi wo da, ta bi wo da means he is older than me. Wo bi, bi ta xiao. I am younger than him. Wo bi ta xiao. I am younger than him, right? And that is the way that you express that. So if you want to indicate that your body is bigger than his body, then you have to specify the body. You know, 他的身体比我大, right? So that would mean he has a bigger body than mine, right? And because you specified 身体, then it's clear. But if you just say 他比我大, then the assumption is that you're talking about older or younger. Now, you make a good point that if you've mentioned 哥哥 earlier in the sentence, that there's a, you know, obviousness to it, but you know, who knows, people say things that are obvious all the time. So, um, and also it doesn't necessarily, uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily have the context of having said Google, right? Or Didi, right? Which would mean older brother and younger brother respectively. So maybe you have that context, but maybe you don't. Carrie Woods on how can in context, slowly learning to sit on sentences for a while before panicking that I don't understand the grammar. Didn't understand at first how meant woman in the white dress, but on about the sixth flashcard rotation, it just suddenly made sense whilst I read it out loud like a four-year-old, lol. Right, so I love this comment because Carrie is recognizing a very important truth about your Chinese learning process, which is that you don't have to understand fully the first time as long as you understand partially. Okay, so you look at 那个穿着白衣服的女人, there's a lot that you can understand in this. 那个, that just means uh, that. All right, so okay, cool. Um, 女人, woman, okay. We know that 衣服 is in here and maybe even 白衣服. Uh, so we have white clothes, okay. 穿 and 穿着, 穿着. So 穿 means to wear, 着 means currently happening, so what you're wearing. 我穿着白色的衣服, right? I'm, I'm wearing a white clothing, right? Um, but I can see how maybe the sentence didn't make perfect sense at first because Really what we have is nega nuren, and then there's a bunch of modifiers to nuren. We have nega chuan de nuren. So it's not just a woman, it's the woman who is currently wearing white clothes. And so like all the things that come before nuren are essentially modifiers to nuren. And so uh, she eventually figured this out though. Carrie figured this out without having to get a specified explanation because she's starting to get a feel for the fact that you can put lots of modifiers in front of subjects and objects, you know? And as a result of that, she'll slowly start to see the pattern emerging more and more. And then eventually she's got the meta pattern. At that point, it makes so many sentences unlock their potential. And I often think that there's something about the acquisition process that sometimes feels like 
you know, you're you're creating a connection here and you're creating a connection over here in your brain. And like, there's another one over here and there's another one over here and there's another one over here. And then when you make like, I don't know, the 10th connection or something, it's like your brain suddenly realizes, oh, this is a pattern. It's like a key unlocks and suddenly those 10 uh, connections all link together and become strong, right? And they become one sort of like neural network there of uh, some kind of pattern that they see. And, you know, obviously I'm just sort of speculating a little bit about what might be happening in your brain on the uh, neurological level, but I'm saying that that process is lar- is unconscious. You can't really decide I'm going to look at this uh, in, you know, a very specified way because the iterations of it are so many, the iterations of grammar constructions are so many that you could, they're they're practically infinite. Uh, They might be infinite. Uh, And so as a result, you know, you can drive yourself crazy trying to consciously add in each individual grammar element as opposed to just letting it wash over you and constantly getting these unconscious new connections, unconscious new connections. And then suddenly on the sixth time you see the flashcard, it just clicks into place. And If you have that confidence that you don't need to intellectually understand every single element of a particular grammar point, then you can relax and just let yourself get new content and and trust that your brain will put it together. And not only will it put it together, it will put it together without creating the negative side effect of thinking too much about grammar. You'll speak in the second language in a similar fashion you speak your native language, which is just to sort of let things come up as they come up. And, you know, maybe you'll make some mistakes, maybe you'll stutter at certain points, but don't we all do that in our native languages? I've done that in this podcast several times. So that is something where you can trust your unconscious mind. When you trust your unconscious mind, it helps you relax. Being relaxed helps you uh, acquire language. It's the best state of mind in to state of mind to be in when acquiring language. So great comment from Carrie there. Sam Crawford on the first lesson of the phase one course. Welcome. Three things to do right away. It says, is it okay to use Scritter instead of Anki? I've been using Scritter for a while, so I'm very familiar with it. Does Scritter have any limitations with regards to learning via the hands of movie method? So uh, Scritter's great. I like Scritter, um, and I think that they have a great product. But the, the problem is that we've... Anki cards are customizable, which is a requirement for the Mandarin Blueprint method, and they're customizable in a way that Scritter is not. You could just choose to pick the uh, character in Scritter that we're learning, but you wouldn't be able to, um, A, have our keyword with it, and you wouldn't be able to add any pictures to it, which is a thing we recommend doing all the time, and you wouldn't be able to add, uh, you know, we have all the vocabulary and the living links for the vocabulary, so there's lots of stuff that we do that you can't do with Scritter, so you would have to do a lot of legwork, and then... um, Anki, we've been using Anki because it's the only uh, software that's been customizable enough to be able to uh, work with the Mandarin Blueberry method, but luckily we're building this new flashcard software now that's still got kinks to work out, but it's um, going to be as customizable for our course as Anki was and easier to use. So um, yeah, I would not recommend using Scritter for the Mandarin Blueprint method just because you'll end up having to do a lot of extra work. We had a lot of vocab limiting links come in this week, but we're just going to keep it to three because these are our three favorites. First, we have Gregory Savage on vocab unlocked from Jue. This is where attention to top-down helps, as with many other characters, I feel, no pun intended, because Jue means feel, 
like I already know many of them. There is a method to the madness. Yeah, so Gregory's pointing out that a word like 觉得, we would have introduced top-down probably like 15 or 20 times before we actually get to the word because it's such a common word. And since it's so common and people say, I think or I feel this all the time, uh, you can probably learn that word without building up to it from the Mandarin Bloomer method. But what's, luckily, what's lucky for you is that when you learn the character 觉, and then we say, oh, there's a word unlocked here, 觉得, then, then you get to say, oh, um, uh, I obviously have seen this several times, but now I really get it. And there's kind of like this awesome moment of connection. So that's great uh, to see that there from Gregory. Next, we have Keith Evans on vocab unlocked from Joe, which is Joe Moore. And he puts the song, everybody's working for the weekend. I've literally just made it to the weekend. And anyone reading this is on to character 200, right? So yeah, he's working on the weekend on his Mandarin. So that's excellent stuff. Good connection there. I love song connections. They uh, are always really quick and you can, you know, at least for me, my audio memory is very good because like I, um, you know, play music all the time. So when I hear a song, it's very easy for me to connect it to, uh, to, you know, a new word. Tina Clark on vocab unlocked from hao, and she's referring specifically to hai hao. So she says hai hao reminds me of the seven dwarves singing hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, <laughs> to tie it all together. Fortunately, hai hao, the dwarves passed the exam, right? So nice. I love that. Great connection there, and uh, sound. It's, I love the sound mnemonic stuff there. That's it for this week's Mandarin Blueprint podcast. Head over to mandarinblueprint.com to learn more about the course. And as always, thank you for your comments and questions. We'll see you next week.